0: Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips, and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Ed Hill, SVP and General Manager for the EMEA region at Bazaar Voice, a platform that helps build smarter shopper experiences across the entire customer journey, is here as our guest today to chat about a few trending sales practices and tips. Ed, it's great to have you here. It's great to be hosting you on this podcast today and we're excited to be hearing from you. It is looking like a very tough sales digital hybrid ecosystem in today's B2B environment, as well as in the B2C environment. There's been a lot of talk about upcoming recessionary times and a lot of Focus and stress on, of course, sales managers and leaders in terms of what they can do better just to ensure that their brand stays afloat or still thrives despite what the marketplace, what the dynamics are at the marketplace. So, this is a great time to have you here to share your thoughts. Before we dive into the theme of today's conversation, we'd love it if you can take a couple of minutes to tell us about yourself what inspired you to enter the sales segment, to work in sales? What draws you towards this entire selling experience? And what over the years are the key learnings that you've come away with? And of course, while you're at it, we'd also love to hear more about your current role at Bazaar Voice.
1: Sure. Well, thank you very much for the introduction. And it's great to meet with you and to speak with you today. As you said, my name is Ed Hill. and I work for an organization called Bazaar Voice. And my role is as Senior Vice President of our Europe, Middle East, and Africa markets. Now, effectively, I moved into the world of sales 23 years ago, frighteningly. I'm 42 years old. And so I've actually been in the enterprise sales world for more than 50% of my life. And I think really what attracted me initially to sales was the instant affirmation and reassurance I got from being able to connect with customers, connect with individuals and prospects, And help show them how a partnership or a relationship with me and the company I've been representing helps them achieve their goals, both personal and organizational. I actually left university after the first term because a friend of mine was working for a a software company and they needed someone that speaks French. I speak French to call their customers, to talk them through a compliance patch for the Y2K bug, if you're old enough to remember that. And I instantly went from having been in education for 15 or so years, which I found kind of challenging because I didn't necessarily get the approval or the instant gratification that I was looking for, to a world where actually I was able to collaborate and communicate with people and help people. So I didn't go back to university after that first Christmas job. And I stayed in the enterprise sales world effectively since then, moving through being an SDR at the beginning of my career, right the way through now to acting as the uh, SVP for the region for Bizarre Voice. I definitely found that my somewhat unusual profile was rewarded for the things which I found enjoyable and that I liked to do, like engaging with people, working with people and helping customers and individuals be successful. So I hope that gives you a bit of a brief sort of introduction to me and my background. My role here at Bizarre Voice, I've been with the company for a couple of years, and we're an organization that helps consumers to make the right buying decision through hearing from each other, peer-to-peer content, peer-to-peer reviews that enable them to really understand how products work, and the use cases for products. And of course, for our customers who are large enterprise retailers and and brand organizations, we help them to have a more direct and authentic relationship with their consumers and for them to collect and distribute information between their consumers that allows them to reduce the cost of new customer acquisition and to extend the lifetime value of those customers by creating long lasting loyal relationships.
0: So you'd be the perfect person to ask the next question to, as I said at the start of this conversation, this is the time for sales as well as marketing leaders to a large extent, to prep for the next year, to prep for the new quarter, as well as to strengthen their own core practices and strategies so that they can tide over a downturn if it affects their local market or whichever market they're focusing on. So uh, while brand leaders are discussing what can be done better, we are also seeing a lot of layoffs across the tech industry especially. We'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts with regards to the current situation? What do you feel B2B teams need to focus on more so that they can strengthen what they already have, make it a lot tighter and be ready for a very challenging near future?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I think that it really is about doing the basics incredibly well. And when I say basics, they're the things that conceptually are understood, but are often overlooked because they are, it's putting the hard yards in really for prepping and for qualifying and for prioritizing. So what I mean by that is that if, if sales and marketing organizations can spend a reasonable amount of their time, really looking for those organizations and those individuals with the highest propensity to get value both individually and organizationally from the proposition that you have in the market and therefore ensuring that you're qualifying who are the organizations that are going to get benefit from engaging with you and really spending your time connecting with those individuals and those organizations in an orchestrated professional way. Now, what I mean by that is ensuring that you're not spending time positioning your capabilities to customers that are have, going to have no no, no benefit or limited benefit. So as you start to prioritize and segment your audience, it's then about communicating with that audience in a way which demonstrates that this isn't about you or your organization. It's really about helping them create the art of the possible for their organization. So how does your technology or your service or your solution enable them to either accelerate the the goals that they got as an organization or to create other opportunities to exploit in their market. So really helping them think differently about how the success of their organization can be driven through a partnership with your organization. Again, they're things that we take for granted as being done, but actually generally, when you really focus in on how laser-focused vendors are, on identifying their true target market with the highest product market fit and communicating not in their own language, but in the language of their client. It doesn't happen as regularly as it should. And when it does happen and it's done well, that's when you have the opportunity to truly partner, to have long-term loyal relationships with your customers and to weather the storm of economic difficulties because you're helping your customers deliver more with less.
0: So while what you've just shared takes care of not just a difficult or upcoming challenging time, it also re-emphasizes the importance of going back to the basics and looking at your fundamentals and fixing it so that you're prepared for any kind of outcome, essentially. So while that is important, no matter what is really happening in the market, there's this other side to the sales story, which involves understanding how sales is changing today. So there has been a lot of influence of a hybrid selling model over the last couple Couple of years attributed mainly to the pandemic. And now, as you look at a modern day seller or think about the salesperson of the future. There are a certain set of different skills as well as different sales tech requirements that are needed so that teams can keep that consistency and ensure brand growth. So if you had to talk about what you feel today's modern day seller and tomorrow's salesperson needs to do in terms of imbibing new skills or fixing their sales tech fundamentals and knowledge, what are the top pointers that come to mind?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. And we're in an environment where we've got the most informed prospects and customers that we've ever had in this market. And very, very regularly are far more domain experts than our salespeople or our marketing organization. And really, it's an acknowledgement and understanding of that, that we're not there to teach our prospect base or our customer or our market how to do things. We're there to enable our prospects and our customers and our market to get value from a relationship with us and to do things and to think about the art of the possible for their organization. So from a process and tech point of view, yes, you're right. It looks as though the face-to-face meeting is more prevalent now than it was a year ago, of course, but we're actually finding it quite challenging to get back into that world of hybrid So using technology, the first five minutes of pretty much every meeting I'm in where we've got a hybrid environment, deal with trying to get the tech to work appropriately, getting people to dial in properly, making sure the requisite numbers of people have speakers on and microphones off. And so really just the discipline around preparation for that ensures that you maximize the amount of time that you've got in any meeting that's available to you. There are certain elements of face-to-face meetings that can't be replicated digitally. We've proved over the last couple of years, particularly during the pandemic, that digital is an incredibly scalable way of us connecting with our clients. And it's a scalable way of us conveying information, but it's a challenging environment to build trust, and to build integrity of relationship. And so I still believe that as we meet face-to-face with customers increasingly, we learn things about them as humans and as people that we can't pick up digitally. Now, when it comes to process from my perspective, in a digital world, in a physical world, or in a hybrid world, there are really three, and none of this is going to be a shock or a surprise to anybody, there are three areas that are kind of non-negotiable in client interactions that are to the benefit of your organization and to the benefit of your customer's organization. And the first one, of course, is the business case. So ensuring that we genuinely understand what success looks like for our customers on an individual and organizational level, and that we communicate the value of our proposition solely in the terms of how we help accelerate or expand that success for our client. The second thing is referred to as the project plan or the closed plan. So really working with our customer to get the right level of approval to ensure that the teams within our company and within our customer or prospects company are lined up to truly go through a process of understanding that value of sharing the the business case with all of the appropriate stakeholders and sharing that closed plan with the stakeholders too, to make sure that it meets with their approval, because that enables us to extract barriers or obstacles to a smooth selling process ahead of time and ahead of schedule and find a way to work around those before they be showstoppers. And the last thing is stakeholder map. So a little bit during the digital revolution of the last couple of years, it's been All too easy to connect in a single-threaded way, so to get access to a single individual and more access than we've ever had before, because we can quickly interact with them on video rather than having to visit them physically. But it's meant that often we've overlooked the importance of understanding both the formal and the informal stakeholder map. So, who are the individuals that formally will help to make the decision and will sign off on the business case and will buy into the project plan or the closed plan and will will be involved in the realization of that value? But equally importantly. Who informally has the right to say no? Who do you really need to have on board? And who do you really need to understand the value you can deliver as a partner to the prospective customer? So those three areas for me remain fundamentals and will always be fundamentals. So the business case, the closed plan or project plan, and the stakeholder map.
0: Absolutely. So while you focus on those areas, just to sort of boost the rest of the sales cycle, there's obviously a certain type of sales tech stack that you've often relied on over the years. So we'd love it if you can dive into what, in your view should be at least the core features in anybody's choice of sales tech. Of course, that is going to change basis, which industry a team belongs to, what their near-term goals are, what their long-term vision or objectives are. And of course, also budget constraints to come into play here. But there's always that core fundamental that needs to be followed when it comes to implementing any kind of tool across a business. So we'd love to hear from you, especially when it comes to sales tech best practices, or if you will, about the tools that you have often used or relied on through the
1: years. Yeah, look, it makes sense. And I think the fundamental here is that all too regularly, sales technology is seen as the answer to the problem. And in fact, sales technology is an enabler and an accelerator of a process. And really the answer to the problem or the answer to the exploitation of an opportunity lies in the process that you deliver and the customer journey that you define and design. So technology is there to help drive efficiency into certain steps of that process. But if you're looking at technology in isolation and you're looking at technology in a siloed fashion, then you're not enabling that process. And really, it's the process flow that enables you to deliver a world class customer experience, that enables you to be efficient in your communication and your positioning of your value to your client. Indeed, with the segmentation and the prioritization of your market to help you identify the right customers. So. I can talk you through a little bit about the technology that we use, but I would be really clear that technology for technology's sake is not the answer. The answer is a rigid process, a documented process, and a functional process that can be accelerated or improved through the use of appropriate technology. Within our organization, But we've used lots of different pieces of sales technology over the years. And in fact, right now, we use sales loft capability, for example, for ensuring the appropriate tracking of our prospecting capability. We use Salesforce for our CRM capability, and we use various other pieces of technology from Six Sigma, from Zoom Info, from various other suppliers to help us really build acceleration into the process, repeatability and scalability into the process. We uh, I've been engaging a little bit more recently with Gong and thinking about how we use Gong to scale enablement and on-the-call coaching. Because of course, what we can't have is managers listening to every sales call, but using Gong to really give us an overview of the language that's used and the flow of those conversations gives us great coaching moments and opportunities. And now allows us to look from a data point of view across our sales interactions and any themes that we can improve or refine to better serve our customers.
0: Absolutely. And now is a very interesting time to also talk about the near future when it comes to sales, B2B sales and sales tech in general. So it's been a dynamic time for the B2B tech industry. On the whole, the last couple of years, have seen a lot of newer innovations making it easier for sales as well as marketing people to have easier access to data, to better understand the prospect journey, to also draw from relevant insights and figure out what can be done or improved on a real-time basis so that they can drive value and drive it faster in the entire product lifecycle or journey, the customer journey. So when it comes to, given how things are today, when it comes to the near future in terms of B2B selling, as well as sales tech, what are some top of mind predictions that you have in terms of the way the market is going to move?
1: I mean, I think that the common themes are going to remain human. And what I mean by that is that whilst we have excellent digital technology and we have huge acceleration and innovation that comes from the use of technology and products, the evolution of the sales methodology is going to necessarily revolve around how to scale human interaction. So if I think about advocacy, for example, if we look at our customers and our prospects today, and in fact, I was talking to one of our one of the chief marketing officers that we deal with quite regularly, and she was telling me that on a daily basis, on average, she'll have about 100 different individuals reach out and prospect to her. And therefore, of course, it's pretty much impossible for her to react to those emails or prospecting messages on LinkedIn, or WhatsApp calls. It's so many different media that, that organizations are using to connect with prospects, that it goes into a kind of a bucket of noise. And Too much time is spent actually just trying to divert away from being prospected to as a customer. And so actually, we know as a provider of peer-to-peer content, that really the the recommendations and the content that human beings trust more than any vendor or any retailer or more than any brand is peer-to-peer content. So really scaling your customer stories, really scaling the, the sentiment that your customers have towards your product or your brand, and asking your customers to talk to each other. And using other customers to help give you access to organizations that will get value from partnering with you as an organization. So I feel that those organizations that focus on that customer generated content, that focus on that authentic, honest feedback around products or services, and that focus on advocacy as a primary route to prospecting will be successful. And they may well use technology to help them scale that, but the sentiment of authenticity and trust is more important than ever before.
0: Absolutely, Ed. This has been a very interesting conversation and I'm sure we're going to revisit some of the things that you said, have you back again for a longer debate, maybe a couple of weeks or months down the line. But in all, this was a very interesting topic and conversation. Thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts and best practices with us. I'm sure everyone is going to enjoy all that you've said here today. If there's anything else you'd like to quickly share, maybe in terms of one must-do sales practice of the day that every seller should pursue, before we wrap up, that would be great.
1: For me, it's a slight repetition of what I've said already. Selling isn't about telling your story. It's about telling the story of your customer's transformation through partnership with your organization. So really, this is about, it's not about me and it's not about us. It's about our client and it's about best serving our client.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you once again. And this was a great ending to a perfectly insightful sales conversation. Until the next time, we wish you and the team all the very best.
1: Thank you. All the best. Goodbye.